Okay. Well, I would like to say pardon the posture, <clears throat> but we're doing our best to follow doctor's orders. And uh, I believe I've been reminded that uh, the Lord Jesus, when he was here on earth, he stood up to read, but he sat down to preach. In that light, um, <clears throat> just wanted to add something to what Mike had said about we do, we're doing our best. That was a tremendous example, I believe, of the referee in the game. But I would say this, that every local church has a guidebook in the New Testament. I think we would all agree with that, right? The New Testament is the guidebook for the church. Every local church has a guidebook in the New Testament. And every local church should strive to adhere to that guidebook. But also, every local church is accountable to the head of the church. That's the Lord Jesus. He's the head. Every local church is accountable to the head of the church for the guidelines in that book. Right? We can ignore them. We can seek to practice them. We can properly interpret them to the best of our ability. All right, let's turn to Leviticus chapter 25, if we can bring up the... Uh, I have just a few pictures this morning that may or may not help. And you're probably asking, why is this guy bringing such a strange remote subject to us today? <clears throat> it's only mentioned once here in, the, uh, in Leviticus, the year of Jubilee. And uh, I, I just wonder how many have even heard of the year of Jubilee. You don't have to answer it by raising hands or anything. Outside of the song we just sang. Behold, he comes, right? The year of Jubilee, right? Have you, do, you, do we know anything about what the year of Jubilee is? Well, uh, <clears throat> we're going to find out with the help of the Lord this morning. So um, what we'll do first is read a few verses in Leviticus chapter 25, is, which is the main portion for it. And we're going to see uh, some things about it. Leviticus 25, verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses in Mount Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest un unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow uh, your field nor prune thy vineyard. That which groweth of its own accord of the harvest thou shalt not reap, neither gather the grapes of thy vine undressed, for it is a year of rest unto the Lord. And the Sabbath of the land shall be meat or food for you, for you, for your servant, for your maid, for your hired servant, for the stranger that sojourns with you, and for your cattle, and for the beasts that are in the land, shall all the increase thereof be food. And you shall number seven Sabbaths of years, seven times seven years, and the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee seven, shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Then... Shalt thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month in the day of atonement when you make the trumpet sound throughout all the land. You shall hallow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you and you shall return every man unto his possession and you shall return every man to his family. 
a jubilee shall that 50th year be unto you. You shall not sow, neither reap, neither, uh, or that, uh, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed. For it is the jubilee. It shall be holy unto you. You shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. In this year of jubilee, you shall return every man into his possession. Now, there's 55 verses in the chapter. We won't read them all. We are going to refer to them at times, perhaps not all today. But again, you're probably wondering why such a remote subject. Well, <clears throat> you know, the Word of God is a wonderful book, and it's, it's far more than an interesting book. The Word of God is eternal. The Word of God is eternal. And you're probably thinking again, well, you know, I've heard of Passover, but I've never heard of Jubilee, the year of Jubilee. But it is in the Bible, and God's Word, in, in, in the Bible, God's Word is going to be fulfilled no matter what we think. Even though the nation of Israel probably not, did not even celebrate it, we're not 100% sure, but as you search the Scripture, we wonder, did they even carry it out? Well, whatever the case, we're going to examine it and see what it has to do with, go ahead and you can click that. We're going to look at these two questions. What is it, and what does it have to do with me? Well, this is a far-off celebration for the nation of Israel when they came into the land, right? What does it have to do with me? I live in the year, what am I in now, 2019, right? I wasn't back then. What does it have to do with me now? Well, I trust that we'll get something that will be beneficial to us in that regard. So, what is it? That's the first question. A year-long response to the command of the Lord called later, called later the year of liberty. If we were to look in one of the prophets, Ezekiel, it's called the year of liberty, referred to in a coming day, probably the millennium, after the Lord has come and so forth. So it's called the year of liberty. Uh, and essentially, what we see in the year of Jubilee is a periodic, complete overhaul of the economy. Now, we're going to get into this, but a complete overhaul of the economy Jubilee talks about the period of rest and release from debts and slavery commanded in the Jubilee year as, in, as uh, noted in this chapter. You're thinking to yourself, well, listen, <clears throat> what does that have to do with me? I don't really care about what happened in history. What, is, what, what, what does that have to do with me? Well, simply put, I think all of us can relate to debt all of us can relate to slavery or servanthood. You say, well, I was never a slave. We're going to read about that in later, or refer to it in John chapter 8, talking, the Lord Jesus talking to religious people. We were never in bondage to any man, they said. We're going to learn about the bondage that you and the bondage that I were or are under at the present time. We'll learn about that as we go through this chapter. So simply put, the concepts that were in the year of Jubilee of rest and release from deaths and slavery culminates, culminates, makes its highest point in the rest and release found in the Lord Jesus. Wait a minute, you say. I didn't know Jesus was in the Old Testament. Is Jesus in the Old Testament? Well, <clears throat> yes, simply put, yes. If we were to be 
Just imagine if we could be a fly on the wall or a fly on a tree to those downcast disciples that were walking on that road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24. And they were, it was after the crucifixion. And actually after the resurrection as well, but they, they knew it was after the crucifixion of this one called Jesus and they were, they were concerned. They thought it was him that was going to lead them out of this bondage under Roman uh, rule. But what happened? Jesus himself drew near, you remember, Luke chapter 24. And what did he do? He opened up in all the scriptures. That's the Old Testament scriptures. And by the way, when you and I read through the Old Testament scriptures, let's, let's be honest. Sometimes we get to some portions like Leviticus and we just, we start falling asleep because it just doesn't, it's not as applicable as it is other parts of the Bible. But I can guarantee you, that this passage is exceptionally interesting and exceptionally uh, 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 devotional as, we, as, uh, as it applies to the Lord Jesus. Although we'll look later that not only does it have a literal application, God expected it to be done. It does have a spiritual application, but it also has a future or a millennial application, which is all so rich when we stop and consider all the details. So, the, the Luke chapter 24, Jesus is in the uh, Old Testament. Now, to prove that, boom, hit that, uh, that slide there. Yes, but I, the clicker won't work with me. So, if we were to turn, you don't have to turn to it, but in Luke chapter, we already t- referred to Luke chapter 24, but in Luke chapter 4, this is, watch this. Now, some of our Bible scholars will help me here. As far as I could see, well... I wouldn't, we do, wouldn't dispute that it's the first recorded Bible lesson of the Lord Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. It could be, if we look at the harmony of the Gospels, perhaps the first, but we won't argue that right now. So that's how important this is. And you can see, just simply put, that all of those scriptures are linked together. And this is what that Lord Jesus was handed when he went into the temple or into the synagogue to preach, right? Jesus was here. He, he, he came, and this was one of his, probably the first recorded Bible lesson that he would speak publicly, and it was about what we read about. Watch this. Uh, verse number 18 again. You don't have to turn to it, but just listen to what the Lord said. He walked into a synagogue. Can you imagine Jesus walking into our church, walking into the synagogue, and they handed him a scroll of Isaiah 61, Right? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, right? So he, he, he accounted for all of these things. And one of the main ones, we, we could spend the whole day talking about all of them, but just this, this aspect of uh, uh, set at liberty them that are oppressed, to preach deliverance to the captives. Again, all of those passages are linked together and we can see that what was commanded in the Old Testament for the nation of Israel to celebrate when they came into the land is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus. And we're going to see. And by the way, um, what we'll see in this is, is, is the, the, the New Testament principles but worked out in a very practical way. I hope we'll... we'll We'll, we'll grasp, grasp that as we move along, and we might just point out one right now. <clears throat> First of all, subject to slavery. Ah, 
That went out in 1865 in America, right? It doesn't matter to me. I'm not, I'm not a slave. In this passage, in verse 10, watch what it says here. You shall hallow the 50th year, proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto the inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee. You shall return every man to his possession and return every man to his family. Where were they if they had to return, right? Well, the book, the Bible, we didn't read it, but in the later portions it says uh, in, in uh, chapter 39, uh, verse 39, if your brother grows poor and be sold unto you, you shall compel him to serve as a slave. Here's, let, let's put it simply. If they fell into debt, right, they couldn't handle their bills. They didn't have the loopholes that we have here. We have bankruptcy laws. I just claim bankruptcy and I walk away scot-free. They didn't have that. They had to sell their self, you see. Ah, now they're in this servitude. They're in this servitude to, to, to another that they owe money to. Well, wait a minute. That doesn't apply to me. Well, yes, it does. We're going to see. Yes, it does. It does apply to me. In Hebrews chapter 2, we are introduced to one that's called the captain of our salvation. You know what he did? Through death, he destroyed him that had the power of death to what? Deliver them who all their lifetime were subject to bondage. Can I tell you that we are born in sin. Our father has made mistakes. He made a mistake by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. The nation of Israel, they, they had this, this real situation where they couldn't pay. They were indebted to, to someone, but someone had to bring them out of that debt, you see. But in Hebrews chapter 2, the captain of our salvation appears to bring us out of the bondage that sin causes, you see. Now, I want to say that here is a captain to marvel at. The world has their make-believes, right? You know, that you can marvel at this captain and marvel at that captain. But there's none like the Lord Jesus, the captain of our salvation, that leads us out of the bondage of sin. And you say, well, wait a minute. How does that apply to me? I'm a free bird. I do what I want. Nobody tells I have options. I'm born into this world. The Bible tells me that when we're born into this world... Sin is in our nature. It's a bondage. It's like a vice that, that keeps us gripped in its power until it finally will lead us off to death. And that is eternal separation from the living God. That's an awful thing. The Lord Jesus said to a group of religious leaders, now listen to this, if the Son shall make you free, that's Jesus, the captain of our salvation, if he shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. What does that mean? Here they were. They spent their lives with the Scripture before them. They searching the Scriptures. They're, 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 they're religious in their rote, in their ritual. And he's telling them that they are in bondage. Yes, they are in bondage. There's religious bondage. There's, there's spiritual bondage. There's all kinds of bondages. But the one we're speaking of, especially here, is the bondage that we find ourselves in naturally, born into this world in the slavery of sin. I am a slave by nature to sin. 
You are a slave by nature to sin. You say, well, I have choices. I have options. Well, the only option we have, because we're sinners by nature, is to choose sin and to, to, to get it to be in bondage. Somebody has said it like this. Sin is both binding, blinding, and grinding. Binding, blinding, and grinding. You can see the effect of that. It's like <clears throat> it's like a vice. You know, we have VI, let's see, we have VISE, which mechanics and carpenters would use, right, to hold things together, to clamp them so they can do some work on it. But that's how sin is. And it transfers to VICE. We have vices in our lives that just, they, they grip us and we can't get away from them. And eventually they will lead us, right? L-S-D. Why is it that you sin? Why is it that I sin? Lust, when it hath conceived, bring forth sin. Sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. That's the LSD of the Bible, you see. It's just going to lead us off into this awful condition of separation from our living and loving Lord. Vices come, you know, they're a dime a dozen, right? We can have the common ones of gambling and smoking and drinking and all of these things. But what about uh, pornography? What about social media? We're on it all day, right? Here a face, there a face, everywhere a Facebook, right? You know, Twitter, 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 you know, tweet, 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 right? And we become, we, we get in bondage to these things, and, and, and it's like we can't get away. Some of us, we stay up all night, our eyes turn red. <laughs> you know, because we have, we're, in, we're, we're so clamped to these things. I tell you, there is deliverance from sin in every form when we come to the cockpit of our salvation. Uh, hit, hit that, uh, that's what we have here. <laughs> the Lord Jesus is our jubilee. The Lord Jesus is our Jubilee. <clears throat> what we have is the, in the Jubilee that we've read about in, Luke, in Leviticus chapter 25, it becomes a, a wonderful picture of the New Testament themes of redemption and forgiveness. Christ is the Redeemer. We're going to read in this chapter about a Redeemer. If I got myself into trouble, if I've made bad decisions in my family and I can't pay my debt, what hope do I have of getting out of that? I, am I, do I have to go the rest of my life as a slave? No. I, have, I could have a rich uncle or, 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 or somebody close to me that would be called a, a kinsman redeemer, a relative redeemer that can buy me out. Ah, I'm redeemed. But if I don't, I have to wait till the year of Jubilee and I could be released from it all and I start all over again. I start all over again. Wonderful hope and anticipation it gave to those that were under this. But you see, you and I, that's all far removed. I'm not under that anymore. But we are. Whether we want to recognize it or not, born in sin and shapen in iniquity and in the bondage, in a vice-like grip that only... Jesus can deliver from. No man could by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. Only the Lord Jesus could deliver us. Now watch this as we move on. Our time is almost gone. But Christ is the redeemer who came to set us free as we are slaves and prisoners to sin. This is how the New Testament puts it in, uh, in uh, various places that the law 
of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Do you want to be free from the law of sin that has its grip on you? Then we must come and receive the Lord Jesus as our Savior because the sinless Savior died, right? My sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on Christ and pardon me. So we have uh, 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 the Redeemer and the Lord Jesus that came to set us free. The debt of sin that we owe, right, was paid on the cross as Jesus died on our behalf. Uh, Colossians chapter 2 puts it like this. Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees which was against us. He took it. It was hostile to us. It took it out of the way, nailed it to his cross. You see, what, what happens under this? Since people, we cannot keep the law. There's not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. There's not. But the Bible says we cannot keep the law, and it's like a bill of indebtedness. So we're unable to pay the debt. We're unable to pay the debt that we owe God. But Jesus paid it, you see, and we have it. Now, you know, you know when you get your credit card, if you have a credit card, you get your credit card uh, uh, bills, statements in the, in the mail, and it says uh, it'll give you offerings for... This is debt counseling, debt consolidation, debt collecting. This is not any of that. It's debt cancellation. Can you imagine? You get your, 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 your you, 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 you built up this awful credit. You know they're coming to take me away. Aha! You know, and, and you all of a sudden, boom! You get the debt canceled, free, paid in charge, paid in full. It's a wonderful thing, right? To be released from under a debt. That's we, we, we were reading or we saw weeks ago, Dave has showed us in the path, Pilgrim's Progress, right? That poor man, Pilgrim, he's walking along with a burden of sin upon his back until he comes to Calvary and he sees the Savior has died and the burden falls off and there's freedom. You see, what a wonderful thing is to have that debt paid. We cannot keep the law. It's like a bill of indebtedness, and, and but, but the Lord Jesus has put it away. He's paid the debt. He paid a debt, right? He did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. I couldn't do it. The the church couldn't do it. The post couldn't do it. The priest couldn't do it. The preacher couldn't do it. Only the Lord Jesus could do that. He's the closest relative. Adam is a close relative, but he couldn't do it. But the Lord Jesus, the second man, the Lord from heaven, you see do it i want to say this too that when it comes to our indebtedness to god we we somehow today we kind of avoid or ignore god's perfect law we say well that that's 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 back then well listen god's law it's often pointed out is far more than suggestions it's far more than laws prohibitions it's prohibition plus penalty and you can spend i can spend my life just in ignorance of god's law But that doesn't negate the fact that I will pay the penalty for breaking it. You can ignore it. You can say, oh, that's for them. That's not for me. It isn't for you. It's for every single individual. And when we come, the Bible says there's coming a day when the books will be opened. Talk about a wonderful preview or a sad preview. The last book of the Bible. Can you imagine this? Every single person that has died without the Savior. John says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before the Lord. And the books were opened. 
and the dead were judged out of the things that are written in the books. I have noticed this, that even in our current culture, we condemn ourselves with our... We, we, it's like when we get behind that screen on Facebook, we need to record every detail that we do, every lifestyle, every word, every, every action. It's like we're condemning ourselves. But you know who has greater records? They're in heaven. The books were open. My thoughts, my words, my actions are all going to be brought in play and going to condemn me. I don't know if that shakes you, but it shakes me. But I, listen, if you're here this morning as a believer, you know that your debt has been wiped clean. And there is no condemnation. There is no hell for me. The judgment and the fire of my eyes will never see. <laughs> if you know the Savior, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. I am free. He has from death set me free because my Savior Jesus has paid the penalty. It's a wonderful thing. Lord Jesus Christ, our jubilee. Now, what does the word jubilee mean? Just spend a few more minutes here before we close. <clears throat> what does the word jubilee mean? Well, it's, it's like this. It, it's basically a... Uh, uh, a, a trumpet blast. In fact, it's, 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 it's translated in, in Joshua chapter 5, a ram's horn. Well, what does that have to do with freedom? Well, <clears throat> it's like a, it's, it would be a figure of speech. Some have called it a metonymy, right? We, uh, we refer to a thing or concept by the name of that. So if we say we're having a fellowship dinner soon, so we say, hey, bring your favorite dish. We know you're going to bring more than a dish. You can have something on the dish. But we say it because it's food is involved with the, with the dish, right? Bring your favorite dish, right? The lady's got to go in their china cabinet, you know. No, we don't, we don't do that. We bring food on the dish, right? We have things like that. Uh, uh, bring your favorite dish. We, 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 uh, we might say that we have trouble in Washington. There's trouble in Washington. Well, what we mean is there's trouble with the government, right? So we, we, we do that in our in our uh, English uh, society as well. We might go further and say, well, this has been a year of Hollywood, you know? You say, well, what, what, what in the world? You know what I mean when I say a year of Hollywood because Hollywood is known for movies. So you have a movie, here a movie, there a movie, everywhere a movie, movie. This is the year of movies. What do you have? The year of Jubilee, right? The year of the trumpet sound that is, is setting free, resting, rest and release that is found in, uh, in, in, in there, Jesus wasn't there at that point. But we can see how it applies, you see. When, when he came and he announced, the Lord has anointed me to preach deliverance to the captain. The sounding. The Lord has appeared. It's the acceptable year of the Lord, and he will set free those of us that are captive. So jubilee is for the return of possession, the arrest for the land, and, and release uh, uh, a redemption of lives. Let's go one more here. I think that might be our last one. Oh. Uh, what, you expect me to put this back on, Dave? <laughs> Come on. You know me. Guy's got to help me open my water bottle. <laughs> Poor Dave. So the first seven verses of, of, of this chapter that we've read, we just a few more minutes here, they emphasize 
they deal with the sabbatical year. Now, that's not the year of Jubilee. Uh, I, but I want to say something about this because it, it, the, the, the sabbatical year, every seven years, right, there was to be this uh, day, a, a year off. And the remaining 48 verses, they give account or detail about the year of Jubilee and all the ramifications and consequences. I don't know how much we'll get into that next week. But essentially what you have is every seven days, there's rest for a day. Every seven years, there's rest for one year. Every 50 years, there's rest for two years. Can you imagine? We're going to talk about this. We've got to talk about this before we close because this is something that's really gripped me. Jubilee, the crowning point of all the sabbatical institutions, gave the finishing touch to this whole cycle of sabbatic days. Now, just imagine if you were, if, if you were in the nation of And, and Moses was reading the law. They didn't have, you didn't have a copy of the law. You were sitting in the audience when he was declaring the law. Is that me? Don't move. 20, if you were sitting in the, in, in the, in the, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, audience, because remember when they came off Mount Sinai, they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. In other words, bring it on. Bring on the word of the Lord. We're going to do it. Now, they didn't have a, they couldn't like you and me have the privilege of pouring over the scripture and reading. No, they didn't have that. So they're sitting there listening. And, 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 and all of a sudden he, he says this. And six years you shall sow your land and gather in the fruits. Good. In the seventh year you shall let it, let it rest and lie still that the poor of the people may eat and so forth. A little tiny blurb that says, what? Let the, land, let the land lie still for a year? What in the world is that about? Well, it's expanded on here in this uh, chapter, you see. You're, you're sitting here and you're hearing what's going on and, you, and you, can, you can pass right over it. But now, you see, you come to this where it's all going to be spelled out in longer language and more detail. I want to say here, this is not an introduction to legalistic Sabbath keeping. Mm -mm. Nope. We're talking a lot about the Sabbath because it was the, 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 day, the weekly Sabbath, the, the, the seven-year Sabbath, the, the Jubilee Sabbath. We're not talking about... Uh, an introduction here or an emphasis on legalistic Sabbath keeping. There's enough of that in, in, in professing Christendom today. And we know that the Sabbath itself was a shadow and the substance is Christ. But what it is about is enjoying the Lord of the Sabbath, you see, to, to enjoy him. He could say when he was here on earth to those Sabbath keepers, the Lord, he could call himself the Lord of the Sabbath. So it's enjoying them. Nor is it uh, implying a return to such an economy, Right. They had a far different economy, right, in that day. In that, under the Old Testament, that you might call it a divine domain. Nowadays, we have a human domain, right? You might put it this way. There was a divine economy and a democratic economy. Now, I'm not getting political here. Nah, -uh, far from that. But think about it. I'm, I'm using that term democratic in the, in the simplest terms of the people rule. You have the divine where they were accountable to the Lord. He, it was his land. It was his people. He, he could do what he wants, right? My servants, they were his servants. But here, 
That, that was then in a divine economy. Now we live in a capitalistic society, right? Every man for himself. It wasn't like that then. I keep trying to quit, right, by making all this noise. You see, it, 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 uh, one last thing before we close here because we're just making introductory comments. What in the world did they do with all the time off? Right? I'll just point out a few things. But can you imagine if your livelihood, how you ate, how you survived, how you fed yourself, all of a sudden, two years. Some of us would go nuts. Right? If everything that I've ever known and worked for is all of a sudden shut down because Jehovah, my God, has told me that it has to shut down. What did they do? We'll find out next week. No. Uh, <clears throat> I want to just say, just I'll sum it up and say they enjoyed the Lord of the Sabbath. Think about it. There would be provision and rest. Lord, I didn't work for anything. How are you going to provide for me? You know what he said? I will command my blessing and it'll come down on you. I will command my blessing. Does the Lord need me? And my, here I go to fertilize among the leaves. Of green. No, he doesn't need that, right? He, he knows how to bring forth. His, he will command his blessing, right? He doesn't need me. So it, this is, there's just wonderful truth found here. And, you know, this transfers, of course, to our salvation, we live in a religious world. What do you mean I'm saved by something that Jesus has done? I can't, I can't believe that. I've got to work for my salvation, you know? I've got to do, do, do. I remember talking with a guy one day. I've got to close here, but talking with a fellow worker one day, and he was arguing his way out of salvation by grace. You've got to do this, and you've got to do that. And I'm thinking, oh, I've never met anybody like this. Salvation is free, unmerited grace of God that... What by the grace of God we are saved through faith, but no, you have to bind yourself under these things. You have to do. You have to. You have to. He gave me a list of things about uh, 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 me, uh, uh, attending the the meeting, uh, hearing a prophet speak to you. What? What? You have a gift, and all of these things he was telling me. But you see, what they did, literally that they found sustenance in their obedience to the Lord, we do as well. We find that there's something far greater than the food. Man shall not live by bread alone, right? But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we find as believers that we can feed on the living bread. What do we do, right? When it comes to our salvation, we thank the Lord, we receive him by faith. There's many other things. I just want to close with this one. It says later in the chapter that they would be strangers or sojourners with me. Sorry. Can you imagine that? Just think about that. Here is the transcendent Lord that owns the land. The land is mine. You're my servants. But... He identified, we have companionship and identification. He was coming down to identify and be a companion with his people who were delivered from slavery, who were now, when they get into the land, they would, they would benefit from his provision. He would walk with them. 
He would be their friend. We sometimes sing of the future. If you know the Savior, He and I in that bright glory, one deep joy shall share, mine to be forever with Him, His that I am there. If you know the Savior, that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? He and I. It's like I sit down out of the billions of people there are and billions of children of God. He and I, in that bright glory, one deep joy shall share. Mine to be forever with Him is that I am there. He wants me. But what about now? Can I walk with the Savior? What if life, what if all that I've ever lived for drops out? And the Lord says, oh no, your health, your whatever, your job, you don't have it anymore. Is the Savior sufficient? Is the Lord sufficient? The Lord of the Sabbath? Resting, finding sustenance and obedience, provision in following the Lord. Is He sufficient? I, I, I tell you, He is. Praise the Lord. Our Father, we thank You for this, <clears throat> these wonderful, this wonderful lesson in the, in the year of Jubilee. Your Word is eternal. <clears throat> neither ancient nor modern, but eternal. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word, O Lord, will never pass away. Our Father, we just pray that <clears throat> the simple words shared today regarding this ancient celebration when the trumpet was blown and it proclaimed rest and release and freedom to all that were in the grips of indebtedness. And they could walk away and start all over again. We thank you, O oh God, for what we have in the Savior. Recognizing that we were under bondage to sin. We couldn't loose ourselves from that grip. We were captives of Satan. But we thank you, O oh God, for the Redeemer. The second man, the Lord from heaven. Adam couldn't do it. Only the Lord Jesus could do it. And because that sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. He alone can release me. He can release us from the debt. We pray, O oh God, that the Spirit of God would impress this lesson, that Jesus is our jubilee. In His name we pray. Amen.